Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to the final Fallout Bar of the week here at Online Darts for the Grand Slam of Darts from Wolverhampton. Myself, Jack Comigawa, joined by Mr. Cam McFarlane for the first time this week. It's been a very long time since me and you have been sat here next to each other, mate, um, which probably means we should warn everybody this show might go on a bit because you're renowned for that. <laughs> yep, you've literally... What do you mean I'm renowned for that? We're renowned for that. Absolutely not just me. But, yeah, I was just going to say exactly the same. You beat me to it. Um, yeah, this could, could be a long one. It's, it tends to be when it's me and you, even with only two games to talk about. Well, yeah, yeah. could you imagine if it had been me and you on... Saturday or Sunday night after we'd done 16 matches and had to look oh, yeah, at it. Well, actually, it was supposed to be us on Saturday night, wasn't it? Until I realised that I was at the boxing. <laughs> so, yeah. It well, so I might be sat here quoting the phrase, one job at you. I'm kind of glad you weren't on, to be honest, mate, because that show was yeah. long enough already and it started late. However, a much more reasonable time to get tonight's show underway. Uh, with all you guys in the chat room, two more quarterfinals to look back at. And we can look ahead to all of tomorrow's action. We're basically going to go semis and final all in one roll. So when we give our predictions, not only will we pick who's going to win each semi, but we might as well tack on the final as well at that point, Cam. Uh, good evening to everybody in the chat room. Plenty of you in once again already. Barry's in. He's taken the mick out of my predictions from the other night. I may have two or three nights ago said the only possible outcome from here was a price versus the VG final. <laughs> How wrong was that one? Um, Rose is in, Kieran's in as well, Sam's in, James, Daniel, uh, Craig, uh, Tarmigan. Why is there a silent P there? Spell your name properly. Uh, Daniel's in from <laughs> Germany, says Humphreys was fantastic tonight. Uh, Lance Say again. So get everyone on side early. Wow, you know, <laughs> that's what I do, isn't it? Like, it could be worse, could insult even more people. Uh, yeah. Harry's in as well, he says evening all. Um, right, let's, I guess, mate, we should just get straight into it and look back at tonight's action. 
Um, Gary's in from across the pond. Good to see you, buddy. I mean, for me, it's about what, 7 p.m. over your way, so good to have you in. Bob's in his hair as well. Joe's in. There we go. You're all saying hello now. Brilliant. Don't forget to drop us a like if you can comment in the chat room. That means you can click a button as well. Less type in, less action. We really would appreciate that before we get underway as well. But like I said, first up, Cam, we need to look back at tonight's two quarter finals, um, starting with Nathan Aspinall's win over Alan Suter, 16-12. Mid-90s averages for 28 legs is incredibly respectable uh, through both of these players. But I guess in the end, that experience of Aspinall, that battling quality of him, saw him over the line in the end. Yeah, I think exactly exactly that. He just managed just to around the around the middle of the game where he got back tight and he got back level and then he came out of the break and opened up a little gap and from there kind of just kept it comfortable. But it was exactly like you said to it, it was just those battling qualities and just the just that calmness under pressure and hitting the doubles at the right time. I mean, that's where this match was won and lost. If you look at the averages, there's there's very, very little in it. Um, it was a very close game. That all the scoring was was close as well, but it just came down to it in the end that Suter missed his chances and Aspinall took them when when it mattered, and that was what got him over the line. And love to see it. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a resurgent year for Nathan Aspinall. You think at the start of the year there was serious conversations about would we see Nathan Aspinall as a top dart player again? He struggled at the back end of last year. Was Speaking about having to go for surgery on a wrist injury that has turned out isn't as serious as perhaps feared. He's had to stop playing golf and a couple of other things, but his, his wrist and his, his actions seem back to where they were when he was picking up UK Open titles and was it the US Darts Masters he won? Yes. He won one of the World Series events. Yeah, I think so. so something somewhere, I'm only hosting a darts-related show, but yeah, should know that one. <laughs> But he started to get back to that point. He's scrapping a bit. He went to the final of the European Championships. And this is another big step on this 2022 recovery year for Nathan, if you like, that is going to place him pretty nicely heading into next year if he doesn't pick up a title between now and January the 3rd. Yeah, like you say, very conceivably that he could do between between now and then. But, yeah, it's just really, really impressive from him. I think one of the things that got mentioned on commentary tonight as well was the fact that he doesn't always look great when he holds on to the dart and doesn't let it go and then resets and goes again. But he doesn't ever waste a dart. He doesn't throw a dart that he's not ready to throw. And I think that's really helping him because the number of times he does that and has that reset where there was the one where he hit double 16, where he basically had walked to the board and then walked back again almost. But the thing is, he's, he's one that every time he does that, he, all, he seems to hit the target he's going for. It's, it's not an issue for him the way it would be for others. That losing of the rhythm really doesn't affect him. And we're seeing him play back to the standard, like you say, he's back to that standard that, that we've seen him before. By the way, have Sky ever mentioned the fact that he won the UK Open on a 170? Because <laughs> I've heard it at least 20 times this week, I think. Look, there's a few things that broadcast of that we'll, we'll throw straight back to. One is one that I'm about to bring up next, to be honest, mate. You throw me under the bus completely there. <laughs> is the fact that it takes two to play a fantastic game of darts. And actually, Alan Suter's had more darts at a double in that match than Nathan Asimov. just been successful on less of those. He's had 42 attempts at a double and only taken out 12. But it's a superb run from Suits, who is another player who is on a little bit of a resurgence. Had a fantastic 2021 the World Championships didn't quite go the way 
that he would have liked. There was a lot of big build-up around him, as, as you tend to get around. I, I don't want to call him the hipster's pick, but we've had that with Ritaiski. We're going to see that with Josh Rock this year. There is some player that doesn't play on as many TV events in their first year that everybody knows is capable on the floor and will turn up at the World Championships or whatever else with big expectations. And after that, they need to do a lot more the following year. Ryan Searles, another, who had a fantastic year last year, won a Players' Championship final, won a Pro Tour, etc., has struggled massively this year. Suits look to be another one of those, but this run here is, is superb for him. He's, he's been away and had effectively a servicing with his manufacturer, where they analyse your throw and everything. You go through different steps of points, stems, flights, and, and all that sort of stuff. And in the last few weeks, his average has just spiralled to, to ton pluses. I did have the data at one point. Um, Simon, who's just started writing for the team, uh, did some analysis on it on before he went for this assessment with Mission and afterwards. And he'd hit more ton plus averages in a week and a half on the Pro Tour and this qualifier than he had on tour all year. Yeah, it's turned his game around in that short space of time. Yeah, it, it shows the first of all the benefit of doing that and getting the equipment right. But I think probably more than anything, the placebo effect of right, this equipment is right for me now. I've done had all the checks and this, that and the other and that just extra bit of confidence when you've got them in your hand just shows that difference of, of what you can do at that point. And yeah, he's been really impressive throughout this tournament and on another day he beats Nathan quite comfortably probably tonight. He's Absolute favourite double 18 goes for him, which I, I did have it somewhere, but he didn't hit it many times tonight. Um, I think it was possibly only sort of two or three out of out of what he won, I think. Um, and you don't expect that from him generally. For once, I think your internet's worse than mine and you're jumping about a bit because I can't see any hesitancy on my side. But I think you were talking about the lack of Alan Suter hitting double 18 tonight and that's costing him. So we're going to roll with that just in case that is what you said. Yeah. I think that's what you just that, went with. That was what I said. Um, um, 100% I agree that it's changed the game a little bit in that favour, in that respect. Um And on another night, we could have been talking about Alan Suter into a major semi-final. Um, usually at this point, what would happen is uh, I would play uh, the post-match reaction from Nathan Aspinall in his uh, press conference. However, it looks like Phil hasn't given us the clip yet. So we might have to do some more chatting. So if there's any questions specifically about this one, there's a lot of talk about it being on for Barney now. Um Adam's watching from the States as well. I think my favourite reaction at any point during the game from Nathan was his reaction at the first break when he walked off holding his hands behind his back just in case. Yeah. You know I will give him that as well. That is funny knowing what's come before. To be yeah. present in that state of mind in possibly the biggest game of the season so far, maybe not if you've been in the European Championship final, but the draws opening up that little bit more, a little bit more as it goes on. To, to be that aware and, and have that little comedy moment as well, I thought was brilliant. The, the Sky production was very good to pick up on that as well and not cut away with that. Um, yeah. But I do think that was superb from him. Uh, Rose says, for someone we had big concerns about earlier in the year, Ask was doing great. I agree. Um, Jamie says, I think NVG is slightly afraid of Luke. I don't get it. If he is, that UK Open drop-in was a bit there and... 
Sem- that was the last time they reached. That was to reach Luke's last semi-final, I think. Um, we do have Nathan Aspinall's post-match press conference now, though, so we have managed to stall just for long enough. So here is the Asp after his win over Alan Suter. I had that conversation with with Kirsty. Yeah, I had to tell her yesterday. You know, uh, she, she it, it was a bit a birthday on Friday when we got minded. Kirsty's birthday every, every year when we minded. She has a good birthday every year. Uh, she, she loves uh, Dappy and Talita. Um, so uh, yeah, I bought end up tickets, and uh, you know what? I actually like it too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can't go with her tomorrow. Um, but listen, I'd rather hold that trophy at the end of Sunday night then uh, shake hands with uh, Dappy you've opened this photo about Nana yeah (laughs) (laughs) right right let's get a couple of things hang on a minute I didn't realise that Endubs was was still going (laughs) they reformed at the start of the year and and went on tour so tickets went like absolute hotcakes they've done two basically done an arena tour right some of the clips I've seen haven't been that great from it some of it, the nostalgia and everything, brilliant. I think it was more hype around them actually getting back together and announcing a tour than people actually excited at the moment of going to watch it. But as someone who is very close in age to Nathan Aspinall, to be ashamed of liking Engdubs is absolutely nothing. There's nothing in it. They, no, they were iconic I, in early 2000s Britain. Yeah, if I'd have got tickets. <laughs> you're well older than me as well. So if you like them, then it's absolutely fine. It's Nathan, I was going to say, Nathan's definitely closer to me in age than you, to be fair. Well, in that case, it, we'll, we'll use you as the barometer rather than me. Perfect. No, I don't feel anywhere near as bad as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. absolutely fine to, add, to admit to that. I think we all did growing up. No. So I'd have been all over going to that if I'd known that they were back on. But that shows how much I keep up to date with music these days. Brits in the chat room, let us know if you like N-dubs as well. I know there's a few of you not from Britain who probably haven't got a clue what we're going on about. Why half the country is suddenly walking around going na na nai rather than just talking in English. I'm going to get I'm going to get the old bubble hat with the tassels out. <laughs> Mate, it's cold enough right now, isn't it? Let's be honest. No one can afford heating. Let's just get the dappy hat back. Like, come yeah. here, is. <laughs> Turn one side up and whatever else that goes with it. Uh, evening Nels, uh, evening also to Craig, who's jumped in. Uh, he says, Goblin Cam, courtesy of Rosie, do you think Barney would pick for the Premier League in 2023? We'll do a Premier League discussion towards the very end because, look, I think with the four players involved at the minute, we can have this conversation a little bit more later. Um, yeah. However, I did manage to upset somebody last night who went back and watched it and then we had a conversation on Twitter and it ended it all right in the end. So, uh, but we'll go from there. Uh, <laughs> I've listened to Agadu, shocking. Um, Craig says, no, dreadful group. Oh, you lot are all disappointing me now. Hey, hang on, it. Out of end of who wins the game of darts? Phaser. Yeah, he's just a bit more, a bit more calm, a bit more relaxed, I think. He'd... Yeah. Teresa's not, uh, Talisa's not very active. I've seen her coordination skills before, and let's just say they're not very good. (laughs) 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 Moving on to the second semi final. Stop there before we get (laughs) cancelled. On to the second semi final, then, and. It is an upset, but it's not an upset at the same time. It's, it's a fantastic result for Luke Humphreys beating Michael Van Gerwen 16-10. Um, 
I think the criticism on Michael Van Gogh's performance is very, very harsh right now. Started off slow, left himself behind. Luke's won the first four sessions, 3-2, three, 3-2. Two, three, two. He's, he's effectively lost two breaks of throw at that point. Yeah. That's it. Two breaks of throw at that point to a player averaging mid-90s again, respectable averages. I, I don't understand the the bashing and berating of Michael's performance. He's averaged 95, 10 from 34 on a double. So he's had more chances of that as well. <laughs> um, yeah. 104 checkout, 7180s. It's just a solid performance, but it wasn't good enough tonight against Luke Humphreys, who just had that timing. The three-ton plus is the 167 with the 10-something the leg before. The 132, I think it was as well. 132, yeah. Yeah, look, MVG was not his brilliant best, and it's not the standard we've come to expect from Marco Bangram, but he's already won three TV titles this year, and if you'd offered him that at the start of the year, he'd snapped your hand off for it, right? But because yeah. he's won those three TV titles, everyone was like, right, he cleans up right now, including me last night, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. Yeah. In fact, okay. two nights ago, I started saying the only possible outcome from here was Gerwin Price versus Michael Van Gerwen in the final because they're just so dominant over a longer format. They get so many chances to come back in it. But Luke just didn't give up those opportunities tonight. No, he didn't. And, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I was watching it and I was close to muting it at one point. I just thought, the, like you say, the bashing of the way he played. Yes, OK, he started slowly. He averaged, what, 84 through the first four legs. But then... He got away with it and nicked the last leg before the first break. And I thought he played fairly solid after that. Yes, OK, it wasn't what we know he can do in the way that, obviously, we know he can go up there and average 110 over that sort of length of a match. But the reality is that most players don't do that week, game in, game out. And I thought it was a pretty solid performance from him. I just thought Luke was a little bit better, like you say. And towards the end, he was just clinical. He was indeed. It just I don't really know what else to say about this game. It was a it was a professional performance from Luke Humphreys. It was a performance that perhaps shows a lot more experience for a player that hasn't won a, a, a serious TV title. Look, he's won four European tour events this year, dropped off a little bit around the time of a birth of his child, which is absolutely expected understandable and, and expected almost, but he's on that recovery again and it looks like he's gonna peak at the right time and what it does do is it opens up a really interesting final four as well. But Luke has the calibre to go on and win many major titles and, and beating Michael yeah. Van in this way. Look, there was more in the locker from Luke. I don't want to sit here and say that that's Luke's absolute premium performance and, and let Michael Van Gogh off the hook completely. Michael Van Gogh's start wasn't good enough and he gave up two breaks, basically, after the first four sets. And at that point, anything can happen. Yeah, he just he just never quite clicked in the the way we know he can. But I just thought he wasn't anywhere near as bad as it was made out to be. And like I say, yeah, Luke has another level on that. I mean, he was only just over thirty percent on his doubles. Like it was, it was, it was pretty poor on the outer ring from from both of them, to be honest. But towards the end, Luke was a lot better, and he was kind of clinical when he needed to be. But yeah, like you say, he's got a lot more in the tank. I mean, how many? Big checkouts did he miss on the wire as well? Like he could have come away from this with about eight ton pluses out of the game as well, and won it probably sixteen five. Like I feel like the commentary can have quite a big 
swaying on how people are seeing the matchup. Obviously, that's what it's intended to do. It's meant to narrate and, and tell a story as well. I wonder if as many people that are questioning the level of performance from Michael would be doing the same if they weren't listening to the commentary. And, and that's not a criticism of the commentary. I just think that because we've seen such a resurgence from Michael, especially on TV and especially in Sky events this year, Premier League match play, the dominance resurgence, he's had it in those key moments that they went looking for a reason that Michael wasn't running out so comfortably as a winner, especially after that Josh Rock performance and uh, and everything else that goes with the way that he's played so far in this tournament as well. I think if you watch that match back on silent without ever hearing the commentary, then I just think you might turn around and go, actually, it, it's a good game. It's a mid-range game. When one tried to react and kick on, the other one followed as well at that point and, and just shut down that comeback that Michael is so used to doing in the opposite way around. Yeah, exactly that. And I think that that's the exact point with it is that we get get it a lot with with sport. You get it with boxing a lot in terms of you'll watch the commentary and you'll you'll see a completely different fight to what you see if you watch it on mute. And it's it was the same with that tonight. And I'd like to say I don't think anyone would have been saying it was as bad of a performance from him as a lot of people are saying if we hadn't been hearing it throughout the entire game. Completely agree. Right, let's see if excellent timing. We do have the Luke Humphreys post match reaction, so we'll play that for you guys right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm very delighted. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people sort of discredited me, said I probably, you know, I'd stand no chance beating him over the first to 16 legs, but I just proved him wrong. You know, obviously the average is 97, 96. It isn't the best game in the world, but there was a lot of missed doubles in there, you know, especially from Michael and myself. I think I had a lot of clutch finishes in overall that, that you know give me control to go on and win the game. But um, yeah, there's a lot of missed doubles there. And I don't think we was nervous or too much pressure. We were just maybe trying too hard to, to get a big lead on each other. Yeah, I did because a lot you know a lot of people on, on on social media just discount you when you play Michael. They think you ain't got no chance beating him first to 16 because he's too strong. But I proved there that you stick in there, you let the bad darts affect you, and I probably would have got smashed. So. I didn't, I kept going, that's a, the resilience I've gained in the last 18 months because 18 months ago I would have lost that probably. Uh, I've gained that resilience and that strength, mental strength to, to keep going and not let it affect me and you know I think that I'll take that into tomorrow now because I feel like if I can keep going and keep scoring like I can but finish much more early, you know, I, I could win tomorrow, no, definitely, but it's going to be a very, very hard task and you know I'm very aware of that. That's two clips I've heard from Luke on this show in back-to-back wins where he hasn't mentioned the Premier League or a World Series. We're He's learning. We're learning. Superb job. <laughs> no, I joke. Look, potentially, it'd be very difficult to rule that man out now, especially if he goes on to beat Nathan Aspinall in tomorrow's semi-final as a minimum, um, which I suppose we should look ahead to right now. We do have two semi-finals to look forward to uh, from one o'clock. Um, starting with the fairy tale story of the Grand Slam in 2022, uh, Raymond van Barneveld will take on bully boy Michael Smith. Now, before we get any deeper into this, I've seen it floated around the chat room a little bit. I've had it messaged to me privately and I've seen it on Twitter as well. To say this is Michael Smith's best chance ever of winning a major is nonsense right now, in my opinion. I'm just going to put it out there right now. Look, Barney with the story, the legacy, is going to have the fans as well. You still expect, 
to give away my prediction, I still expect Michael Smith to come through this and I still expect him to have a bloody good shot in the final. But up against it will be either Luke Humphreys bidding for his first TV major title, who has been to a UK Open final and been superb and won four European championships, or Nathan Aspinall, who absolutely loves a scrap, has already won a major title and a World Series event. Please do not put them in the same category as previous opportunities, such as Danny Knopfler in a UK Open final who only averaged 85, or even Ross Smith before that match. Yeah. I mean, Ross Smith it turned out... Ross Smith in the European Championship, ridiculously yeah. good, right? Yeah, it turned out not to be a good whatsoever in the end. On paper, you go, Michael Smith's in a final against Ross Smith, you're like, bang, he's going to do it. Right? Because yeah, that's absolutely. the way we're all built to think and, and how the difference of what we've come to know about these two players, and even recent form at that point as a bias, was all in the favour of Michael Smith. Ross Smith just produced an exceptional performance on TV in the final. He was so clutch. The finishing was there. The big fit, the big visits were there. Everything you needed in that performance from Ross Smith was superb. To say yeah. this is Michael Smith's best chance ever of winning a major, I think he's getting ahead of people. Yeah, I do as well. And I just think, like you say, we've just seen how well Luke's playing without even playing at his best to handle Michael by six legs. And then, like you say, I don't think I'd ever want to play Nathan in a final. I just think he's just never going to go away. Like, he's always going to be there. He's always going to be scrapping. And if you make the slightest mistake, he's going to punish you because that's what he does. Um, and to be honest, is he, is he guaranteed to get through the semi-final? No, he's not. But? But he will. Scoreline? Uh... Still 16, in it? Yeah. Um, I think he wins comfortably. And I actually think this time, when Barney gets behind early, he will crumble a little bit and he won't pull out the combat that he did against Gezi. And I think he wins 16-8. Hey, chat room, get your predictions in for this match. We'll do the other ones afterwards as well. So Adam's got Barney 16-12. Jamie's got 16-11 RVB. Plenty of you are backing this RVB yeah. continued fairy tale, which would just make things ridiculously interesting. Uh, Harry's got Smith 16-11. I'm swaying more towards that scoreline. I like that. Uh, Jack Naughty says Smith 16-10 would love Barney, though. I think I'm going to go Smith. And I know I've gone almost favourite heavy this week, which is very unlike me as well. I'm very keen to back upsets, back the stories. If you look through any prediction we've done this year, I have not put Gerwin Price and Michael Smith at Michael Van Gerwen in a final together at any point. I've always thought that one of them might see you fall early. Except for this or, week. Or whatever else. Apart from this week. This is when it <laughs> changes. I just thought the, the format opens up. There's that air of inevitability about them both at the minute. But that being said, I am going to go Michael Smith in this one. And I was nowhere near backing Michael Smith to, to reach the final of this event. But I think he's just got... There's an edge about him at the minute. Yeah. Still. He keeps making these finals. and You can't keep getting knocked down the way that he doesn't just respond in this manner unless you've got something about you. And it is going to click. It is going to happen. It's probably the worst kept secret in the sport. And if he gets knocked down now, he'll probably be in the final in the Players' Championship finals next week. And if that doesn't go well, it'll go deep in the World Championship. He's just yeah. 
that ability to go deep over and over and over again right now, which means he's going to get more and more chances. Some Eventually, one of those is going to pay off. You can't keep himself in that position. He, he's not Terry Jenkins. He's a better dart player than Terry Jenkins. He's not Dave Chisnell. Got way more time on his hands than Dave Chisnell and, and whatever else. And I just think the mentality is switching just that little bit. And in this match in particular... If you'd offered me this match two years ago or three years ago on Barney's retirement tour or whatever, given the week that he's had, I would have said Barney all day. But I just think Smith has matured so much more now that he's not going to get drawn into any of it. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And I think it's because everyone focuses on the fact. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He's lost a lot of finals and he keeps losing in finals. We don't give him enough credit for how resilient he is and how good he is for keep making finals and keep coming back and bouncing back and putting himself in that same position again because it'd be very easy to kind of just pack it in at that point, especially with all the outside attention and what everyone else says about him. I I think he, I'm convinced that he wins one and he wins one pretty soon. And I, not only that, I think once he does, I think we're going to see him win a hell of a lot. My scoreline, by the way, will be 16-12 to Michael Smith. I think he opens up just that little bit of a comfort blanket, potentially misses one or two, gets a little bit edgy, but I think he will get over the line. At 16-12, Michael Smith for me. Right, guys, that means we look forward to the second uh, semi-final, which is Nathan Asimov against Luke Humphreys. Two still very raw players, two players with fantastic talent, two players that can win from every situation possible and perhaps two players that get overlooked a little bit in an era that does still contain Van Gerwen, Price, Wright, Gary Anderson, Michael Smith, James Wade, etc. But two players that are building up for a fantastic end to 2022. One of them is going to get slightly better for before the end of the day in winning the semi-final as a minimum. Which one are you going for? Um... Going hard overhead, I'm, I'm taking Asp and I'm taking him to win a very, very close battle in a deciding leg. 16-15? Yeah. He does love a scrap, doesn't he? He does love a scrap and I think 
that he might just get over the line. Especially if we see Luke play like he did today, in terms of scoring's good, plays well, but misses a chunk of doubles again. You ain't getting away with that against Aspinall. But somehow, I think I might be the only one so far. But I'm going the other way. No, you got. I'm going. I'm going. starting to fall in there. Oh, there we go. They're, they're trickling in now. Adam's got Humphrey 16-14. Daniel Humphrey 16-13. More ass. More Luke. This is possibly the most split prediction I've seen in the last three or four nights of, of being on the fallout bar, yeah. especially over this distance, which is probably because it is most definitely the toughest to call. I'd, uh, it'd be interesting to see how the bookies split this one and to see who goes in favour. If anybody, I think they might shade it to Luke just but I don't think you're going to get great value on an upset or, or whatever they perceive it at that point. Um, um, seven to four on Luke, five to four Nathan. Oh. I've, oh, I've just looked at the wrong bookmaker, by the way. I definitely should have looked at Boyles just to see what they had it at. <laughs> don't say that out loud if you've done that. I know, but I, I, could, I was going to just blag it, but I just thought someone might be on Boyles and turn me um Right. Boyle Sports, um, basically exactly the same. Seven to four, Luke, but 11 to eight, Nathan. They got Nathan slightly longer. There you go. Do I have a bet? So better value, better value with Boyle Sports. Correct. Our friends and sponsors of this show. Um, right, I'm going Luke Humphreys for this one, um, which means we'll get a shootout of first-time title winners uh, yeah. in the final, which I have no idea how I'm going to predict that one in a minute. Um, but I am going to go 16-13 to Luke. I just, I think if anybody's going to produce a burst that puts them away from the other player, Luke mentioned it in his interview that perhaps him and Michael were just trying too hard to do that with each other. I think if anybody's more likely to produce it in that second semi-final tomorrow, it will be Luke to do that. Yeah, he will just produce that run of three where he takes out a ridiculous finish, and his scoring will give him more chances in the next leg. Yeah, I think once that first starts in, he is a bigger scorer than he Nathan is. He is, but he's also not quite as clever on the outer ring as Nathan is. Yeah, potentially. Um, um, by the way, while we're on it, on on in terms of the odds, Boyle Sports have also got seven to four for Raymond Van Barneveld and nine to four on for Michael Smith, which is for me, absolutely a ridiculously short price on Real Madrid. And Smith favourite for the title? I would imagine so, with him being the favourite out of those two. Uh, let's look at the outrights. Yeah, Smith thirteen to eight, Humphreys seven to four, Aspinall four to one, and five to one Barney. They will move very quickly once games start tomorrow. So if you do fancy any of that, do get on them as soon as possible. But as I said, please make sure you gamble responsibly if you're having a flutter. Right, from your predicted semi-finals, Cam, I want to know who wins the final against who and what scoreline. Chat room, exactly the same from you guys as well with whoever you've predicted so far. A couple of questions while you're thinking about that. Uh, Mr. Cashy says, what's up? How are we doing, buddy? Good to see you. Spider-Pug says, when is the game? Uh, the Grand Slam semi-finals start at 1pm uh, GMT tomorrow. Uh, if you're looking for live darts, then hold off a few minutes till we finish the show. Head over to the Moda Super Series channel and you can watch finals night of week number four, I think it is, down at the Modus Live Lounge in 
Portsmouth. Right, predictions for your finals then. Jamie has got Barney to beat Aspinall, 16-9. Uh, Barry has got Luke to beat Barney, 16-14. Uh, Jesus has got Barney to beat Luke, 16-15. What did you have in the other score between Barney and Smith at that point, Jesus? Because you've just basically given Barney 60 legs to play tomorrow. I'm not sure. Uh, Barney, 16. Humphreys, 11. There's a lot of love for Barney here, folks. Uh, Sam's going Asp 16, Bully 13. Uh, Craig, Luke 16, Bully 13. No one's given Bully this title. Smith 16, Aspinall 13. There we go. Michael Smith has just won his first major, according to Harry. I'm on your team. Uh, Barneveld 16, Asp 13 for Tommy. Aspinall to beat Barney in the final, 16 12. Um, Smith 16, Aspinall 13. Smith 16, Humphreys 14. That's a little bit more where I am, I think, Daniel. Uh, Barney 16, 12 against Luke. And Kieran Aspinall 16, Barney 11. Cam, drop yours in in a minute. I'll let a few more drop in and we'll see where we're going with those. Yeah, I think for me, I I want them both to win. Can we just have it rained off like the cricket and we just share the trophy? Share it. Can we have a bowl off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nine dart shootout. And if they all just hit steady tons, they can all have a trophy. <laughs> yeah, we'll just share it. Um, no, I think this is the one that we see Michael Smith win. As much as I want to see Nathan win it, I think Smith gets over the line and I think he wins it 16-12. Can I, the final is first to 16, isn't it? Why we're all predicting 16. I, I, 16, I haven't, 16, I haven't 16. I'll be honest, I haven't I'm checked either. Absolutely everybody up here. I haven't checked either, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> you know when you just have this moment of panic? Well, that, I did that with the other semis as well. I was like, I knew it was 16. Questioned it. Um... It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you beat me to it. There we go. That'll do. Jeez. <laughs> oh my God, we're going to look like absolute idiots right now. Um, <laughs> just, just cancel it. We'll re record. Yeah, it's first to 16. Uh, I. Just while you're thinking, by the way, if somehow Barney does make it through that first one, then I absolutely don't think he wins the second one. I think that we see Nathan win. He does have the advantage of having a longer time to rest because he will play he also, first. He in However, that's old. still a ridiculous turnaround for somebody who is in much better shape than when he left the tour two years ago. But I'm still not sure he's got 60 legs of darts in him. No. Not at that standard. Um, I... Given my luck with predictions this week, I really don't want to say this one because I want it to happen. We can just stop the narrative, get on with it, and then we can get serious with the rest of his career. We know what happens, though, to be fair. I've already picked him to win. If you pick him to win as well, it's absolutely guaranteed that he doesn't. Correct. But I've got to do it because that, that's genuinely what I think yeah. will unfold for tomorrow. Michael Smith beats Luke Humphreys 16-13. So we've both got him winning relatively comfortably as well with a little bit of a gap, a little bit of space for a little wobble even if it happens and still get over the line yeah 100 um where were we with pred 
predictions. Uh, we'll go from here. So Bob's got Aspinall to beat Barney in the final. Uh, Smith to beat Aspinall. Smith to beat Humphreys. We've got Barney to beat Luke. Uh, Aspinall to beat Barney. Aspinall to beat Barney. James is going with me, 16, Phil, 15. Um, yeah, I don't think so. He's never well. getting 15 legs against me in his life. No. Don't you worry about that, son. That'd uh, be like seeing me to get 15 legs off you. It's not happening either. There were, there were bad moments in lockdown. <laughs> As yeah, 14, 16. Uh, Jesus got Barney, 16, 13 tomorrow. So you've got him playing 60 legs tomorrow and winning back-to-back matches over that distance. Fair play. Uh, Humphrey, 16, 9 to beat Smith final. Um, split the prize. Don't worry, Aspinall. Um, <laughs> Jamie's coming in the, in the chat there as well. Um, yeah, we are crazy. Haven't we proved that already over the last couple of years? Look, I just... Situationally, I think they're all different. In yeah. his first few, he ran into the likes of... Peter Wright, Gerwin Price, Van Gerwin, whoever it was. Let's let's not forget, Peter Wright lost his first, what, seven, eight major finals? Yeah. Or something ridiculous against Michael Van Gerwen and co? Yeah, it took him a lot longer to get there than... Michael what? Smith's got 25 years on Peter Wright. Exactly. Maybe not 25, but Michael Smith's got a considerable amount of time on Peter Wright. And I just think that the fact he's getting to so many finals in such a short space of time is an indication that it will just happen for him. Other players that have done that, that have made finals and not got over line, Terry Jenkins was 10 finals in a 23-year career or something. Yeah, like, it wasn't know, Dave Chisnell's been in the PDC, what, 15, 16 years, made eight or nine finals? Yeah. And his action doesn't hold up under the pressure. Bully Boy's action has never faltered under that pressure. No, it's it's so smooth, it's so natural. It yeah. doesn't go wrong, right? The, the Noppet final is concerning, but again, that's multiple matches in the same day at the end of what effectively presented itself to Michael Smith off the back of the World Championship, which was incredibly difficult for Michael Smith to take. He did nothing wrong in that World Championship final, by the no. way. If anybody says he bottled that World Championship final, I'll beat the chat because that's just nonsense. But yeah, when the, the opportunity to present itself to get over that so quickly against a player that at that point, hadn't really continued to prove himself in the PDC to the same level as Smith and whatever else. And let's be honest, immediately that conversation turned to, this is Michael Smith's first ever chance. Yeah. Yeah, that got to Michael Smith, I think. The Ross Smith final, genuinely don't think he could have done much more. Ross Smith just produced almost a perfect performance in the final. 180 hitting in all the crucial moments. Finishing was superb. I think he'd taken out two-ton pluses in the first five legs. And Smith was still there for a large part of it, yeah. up against it. Well, that's the thing for me. When you say the knockout final was concerning, I don't, I really don't think it is. I think it was just a bit of a blip. The fact that he bounced back and played like he did against Ross Smith in that next final, I don't think there's any concern about any hangover from the knockout final or that being a big issue. I think on any other day, he beats Ross Smith very, very comfortably in that game. It was just Ross played his very best game up there that that day and was just slightly better. I mean, Smith averaged up 101 over the course of the final and about 50% of his doubles and got beat. <laughs> yeah. And that World Championship final, right, did not bottle anything. No. 
again, he was absolutely fantastic in that fight. Peter Wright won 10 of the last 11 legs, averaging 113. Yeah. That's that's 13 darts a leg. You've done absolutely nothing wrong in that situation. Over 11 legs, like... At all. At all. Right. So, so that, that, that one gets to me. That's basically casual fans wanting to stick a narrative on Smith because he does have this unfortunate record in finals for a player that is, is constantly given credit to and assumed that it will just happen for him. And I, I still right. believe it will. I'm not saying it's a God-given right, but I still think... He will. If I'd start to tomorrow, he, he says the right things at the end of them now. I think he's getting over them a lot, lot quicker. That there's less hangover with them and 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 whatever else. And ability-wise, he just keeps going about his business. He's not over-talking at the start of events, which I think was nope. getting to him a bit as well when he started playing well the last couple of times. He went through cycles. The, the signs are still good for Michael Smith to go and get a title, in my opinion. I'm not seeing anything that goes actually no. He's got a huge mental block. It's never going to happen. Doesn't matter what happens, he's in trouble. Uh, that that just doesn't exist for me right now. So that's why I'm still going. Smith has still got a great chance, and and I'm still backing him to win this from tomorrow. Given the way he's played so far this year, I think he's, he's the most in form of the lot. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think that's the thing. We it's one of those things like having to go at someone for not winning major finals. I mean. We forget how difficult it is to get to a major final. The absolute depth of quality out there in the PDC right now, you've got to get through just to make these finals, never mind anything else. He's not getting a free ride and just getting dropped in at the final for everyone else to have a go at. I mean, he's fighting his way to get there every time and, and playing unbelievably on, along the way. And like I say, we both think that he wins tomorrow. And at that point, all that talk goes away and... He probably goes in there as one of the top two or three in the betting for the Worlds. Yeah. I've not had a quid on Smith at all now. I was actually back Colin to beat him the other night. So it's just those three legs at the end for Michael Smith were another sign that he's got something deep down that when he needs it, it is there. He just yeah. needs to produce well, that more often. That shows it as well, doesn't it? I mean, those last three legs against Joe on uh, Friday night were just... Was it Friday night? No, Thursday night? Yeah. Friday night. Yes, Yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I've lost what day it is as well. Um, yeah, it just shows he's. I mean, you can try and argue that he's a bottler all you want, but it's not going to wash with me because it's, no it's not going to wash it. It's not going to wash right here at the back end no. of this show. Right, a no. very very quick conversation on potential Premier League. Look, it's never going to be my favourite conversation, but we are edging closer to the point where that selection will be made. Hopefully, they just completely discount the Masters this year. The fact that's come into account yeah. for the last two years really has frustrated me. However, Marcus Smith currently world number four. Luke Humphreys up to world number five as it stands. There was a lot of talk about Barney being ushered straight into the Premier League after he beat my um, going price the other night. I said an awful lot on that last night. I don't want to get drawn into that too much again, but I just don't think it will happen not only just because of the performance, but I think there's a lot of politics involved in that one as well that I don't want to get too deep into again. However, Luke Humphrey is currently world number five, Nathan Aspinall world number 10. A win for Aspinall in this tournament would take him above Luke Humphreys into fifth as well. So, I guess the question right now is, I don't think Barney's in. Do you, can he, Unless Barney wins this tournament, yeah, he's not in the conversation at all. If he does win the tournament, 
he's in the conversation, but I think he's quickly moved on by Sky. I think yeah. Barney, well, no, Gary I'm, and a couple I'm, of others have had their day because he's, he, he's shown no signs he's capable of producing this over and over again. He's I been back on you. tour for 18 months. I agree struggled with you. to reach well, TV tournaments and the last time he went travelling, he tried to give up halfway through. I, no, I agree. And I, I know where you're coming from, but I think there's absolutely zero chance that if he wins this tournament, he's not even in the conversation or no, moved on I from think he, he will be. I think if he wins this tournament, he will be in the Premier League. I, I don't want to see it, and it's not what I want to see. But if he wins it, he's too big of a draw. Like, and he just is. He is he's, too big of, he's too big of a draw to people that still remember Barney as an iconic player. Yes, and they remember and these the are the people that are buying tickets for the Premier League and watching it on a Thursday night. But he's not producing those performances on a Thursday night. The last time he was in the Premier League, he got absolutely nowhere near those performances. The no, field is narrowed. The Premier League is even tougher than it's ever been before because you have to go and win two, three games on the night now and everything else that goes with it. And I'm just not sure that Barney's cut out for 17 weeks on the spin of that. Gary no, Anderson I... go and win the World Championship but as he so often is capable of doing when he rocks up to Alexandra Palace. His record there, by the way, is ridiculously understated yeah. for a player that was one game away from back-to-back-to-back World Championship titles. But I still don't think a World Championship would set Gary up for 17 weeks in the Premier League because he's not but got that's... the drive, he's not got the desire, and he's not got the staying power to do that for 17 weeks. I looked back last night, Gary won five matches in 17, 16 weeks in the Premier League last year. Three of them were on the same night. Yeah, but the point is, it's not about whether he's cut out for it. The point is, who's it is gonna... though. It is no, because in that format, the Premier League format gets stale, right? And everybody knows it gets stale. If you've got one player that is effectively a whipping boy, that Gary basically became last year, that is a effectively a, a buy or a simple walkover win in the first round. There was some matches that were competitive up until four apiece, and then Gary sort of fell off a bit. Right, that just devalues the Premier League. When you've got such a small field, you've got to be entertaining week in, week out to keep eyes on that product. And the legacy of Barney gets damaged if he's back in the Premier League and he gets battered every week first round. Yeah. Well, I just think... I we I just know how Sky works. We know how it works. We do um, know how Sky works. I think the best way for me to describe it is the legacy of Raymond van Barneveld is worth more to the PDC than the short-termism of one more stint in the Premier League next year. Yeah, it is. I, I think that's the best way to describe it without any wires getting crossed. It, it's not slagging Barney off. It, it's not this, that, and the other. I just think what Barney has done for the game and the history of Barney is better protected for that and being able to produce these odd runs at TV tournaments and whatever else than sticking him into the Premier League next year for the sake of a couple of hundred bums on seats for venues and that are already sold out. Do you know how difficult yeah. it is to get Premier League tickets already? I know, I know. But what you're forgetting is as well, that last Premier League campaign of Barnes is forgotten about anyway. It is forgotten about. The things that get remembered are still the big moments. So even if he came in and got beat every week, give it a year, no one remembers it. So I'm not sure. No, that last campaign is remembered massively because he should have left his darts on the stage and walked away at that point. The rest yeah. of the year was a disaster. But it's remembered by people like me and you, not the casual fan that the Premier League's end up and that they can still sell his 
old record too. We'll see. Anyway, we've got massively sidetracked because the question I was basically going to ask you, Cam, is if you could only pick one of the two, given the way they're playing so far and given the fact they meet tomorrow, who is more likely to be in the Premier League next year, Luke Humphreys or Nathan Aspinall? The rest That's... of it was just uh, Smith's in the top four, effectively going to be there. If he goes yep. any deeper, he, he might well start putting Van Gerwen under pressure for three. I can't quite see it unless he goes very deep at the World Championships. It is possibly a shootout between Luke Humphreys. If you stick Joe Cullen last year's runner-up um, in there, you've got to potentially sneak Johnny Clayton in there. Danny Knoppert's just gone above Johnny Clayton in the rankings and won the UK Open and whatever else. Aspinall or Humphreys? I think there's a question about a few, to be honest, of, of who gets in and who doesn't. Um, I mean, most years we'd see Ross Smith also get in off the back of winning the European Championship as well. So um, I don't think they will. Uh, I don't think Ross is enough for a draw or would sort of will get in there. But if I could have one, it's got to be Nathan. It just has to be Nathan. He's been there, he's proven in it, he's reached final that he was rather unlucky with in terms of injury at the time as well. Did he reach the final? He did reach the final, didn't he? Was it the semis? Uh, they lose to Dazza in the final. I think he did. I was thinking the other one, though, when he did his back. I don't even know what day it is, let alone what happened in the Premier League three Wait, or four years. Was that, that was semis, wasn't it? Or was that final? I can't remember now. No idea. No, well, basically, no. though, that is, <laughs> that's the end of tonight's show. Anyway, hang on, um, who are you having? Uh, Luke. Okay. What, even if, even if Nathan wins tomorrow? If Nathan wins tomorrow, then Nathan 100%. If Nathan wins the title tomorrow, I think... If Nathan beats Luke in the semi but loses in the final, I still think we're more likely to see Luke there than we are Nathan, despite the fact it'd be back to back finals for Nathan. Yeah. I think he's newer, scoring powers that little bit bigger, a little bit easier on the eye to watch. And we've spoken an awful lot about getting a chance to be in there. And Nathan's had that, so we'd have to work. I think once you've been in there, you've got to do that a little bit more to get yourself back, get in. back in than to get in first time. Yeah. 100%. Right, with that, guys, that is the end of tonight's show and the end of the Fallout Bar for this week. Uh, myself, Phil Bars, and Lee Boyce will be back on Monday evening for the uh, live lounge. We appreciate that the World Cup starts tomorrow and that England kick off. Uh, their campaign on Monday afternoon. Have a look at it. The training top is much better than the other two. Um, but we're still going to persevere because we're going to clash with football at some point, no matter what happens in the next couple of weeks. Um, we've got an interview with someone from the PDC on Monday as well, so we want to discuss that as part of the show and a couple of other things. So uh, we're going to carry on with the show on Monday night. Uh, so hopefully see all of you guys there. The next time the Fallout Bar will return will be on the 15th of December for the very first day of the PDC World Championships. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's no fallout bar for Minehead. It's way too short an event. And England play on the Friday night. There's absolutely no point in us doing that show because 
the darts finishes at six, England kick off at seven. Not happening. Um, if you do want to watch some more live darts, head over to the Moda Super Series channel or Sporty Stuff TV and head check out finals night of the Moda Super Series two, uh, week four. Uh, Colin Osborne, Aaron Monk, two of the players involved. Conan Whitehead, the reigning champion of the Super Series involved as well. Uh, before you do go, please, guys, drop us a like on the stream and make sure you are subscribed to the channel. We are approaching 30,000 subscribers. If we hit that before the World Championship, guarantee we'll give you a massive giveaway. No idea what that will be just yet. I'll make Barzi sort that one out. But we will 100% be doing some sort of ridiculous giveaway at 30,000 subscribers, guys. It really would mean a lot to us to reach that mark before we head to Muzzle Hill and Alexandra Palace. A big thank you to you, Cam, and everybody else that's contributed to this show throughout the week. But it's been a fantastic Grand Slam of Darts, and we hope tomorrow night's action lives up to the billing. But much love to everybody in the chat, and we'll see you all very, very soon.